Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Zach Quick. Thanks for being on the show, Zach. Thank you for having me, Whitney. I'm a big fan of the show and happy to be here. Yeah, I'm grateful to have you on. Appreciate you being a listener as well. And a little about Zach. He's a, he's a Christian, a husband, a father, and self-storage owner located in Northwest Arkansas. Uh, Zach and his wife built up a residential portfolio of 28 units before feeling compelled to 100% pivot into self-storage. They have since sold all of their residential portfolio and own and operate seven storage facilities consisting of over 300,000 square feet in the Midwest. Zach, thank you again for your time being on the show. I'm looking forward to getting into this story. I think there's a lot of listeners that are going to be able to relate to what you have done, or maybe they're in that in that moment, you know, trying to think about should they make that pivot? Should they take that leap? You know, it's a big step. Uh, it's encouraging, you know, your, your wife's involved as well. And I'm sure there's listeners that can relate to that. Give us a little more about who you are and let's, let's dive into your story a little bit so you can help the listeners. Sure. Yeah. And thank you again. So, yeah, I had always known, you know, in college that I wanted to be involved in investing or small business ownership or some way, shape or form. And out of college, did the stock market thing for a while and then saved up enough money that my wife and I, we wanted to buy a house hack. That was kind of our entry point, so to speak. But we were moving for a job at the time and it was kind of a tight timeline. And so a duplex didn't really work out, but we found a garage apartment and it kind of just checked all the boxes, worked really well. And that was kind of our entry into it. And we ended up basically from that point over the next two to three years, just kind of full-fledged going into residential small houses up to a a small 12-unit apartment to where we had 28 units. And kind of that 12-unit was the last one, got it rehabbed, filled up, and kind of just felt stuck, partially because we were somewhat out of money. And then twofold, didn't really, and some of it was some limiting beliefs, which we can touch on, but just kind of couldn't really figure out what was next. I think in my mind, I thought, well, we'll we'll sell this 12 unit and kind of move into, you know, maybe a 30 unit or, or, or and whatnot. And so anyways, I was on a family vacation and my dad was driving actually. And I looked out the window and there were these bright blue self-storage doors. And I'd never really looked at self-storage in any way, shape, or form. And I literally feel like God was saying, hey, why don't you look into this a little bit more? And so that's what we did. Uh, Just did a lot of research, started kind of filling out what we were looking for, listening to anything that we could look at and reading anything that we could get our hands on. And then, and eventually once we sold that 12 unit, we actually 1031 into a storage property. And that was August of, of 2018. And so that was our first one. And then fast forward to now, we we own and operate seven storage facilities in Missouri and Arkansas, and we've sold all of our residential stuff. So, and I storage kind of spoke to me and us, and I don't say that to come on here and just, you know, say storage is better than anything else or anything like that. I think it's just more of kind of finding your niche and, and how you can really lean into that and kind of put some wind behind your sails, so to speak. So uh, that's kind of us in a nutshell. 
No, that's awesome. I just appreciate you sharing about just your path because I think it's it's the way many people get to into the syndication business or get into commercial real estate. They start with single family or duplexes or those things, even house hacking. You know, it's it's interesting just your old desire to get into the business and doing whatever it takes, even finding a garage apartment that you know that worked for you all to make that happen, and then starting with some single family up to a twelve unit. Uh, you know, I think you said, but you know, feeling stuck. You know, let's talk about that. I mean, you felt stuck. You know, out of money. You know, and, and and probably trying to figure out, well, how, you know, how are we going to buy the next deal? You know, can you just talk about that a little bit, the thoughts there and how you did get to the next level? What was the breaking point that, that helped you to make it happen, you know, to move past that or, or to pivot from single family then, you know, if that was the time that that happened? Sure. And yeah, so a couple of things, and I kind of touched on those limiting beliefs at the time is, so that 28 units was all just my wife and I, you know, we had, she was a teacher. I had a I had a decent W two jobs, and we were good savers. And basically, we were just plowing anything and everything we could to keep growing. But again, obviously, you know, you you kind of run out of your own money at a, at a certain point. And so, so a couple shifts in that after we had bought our first storage facility, you know, commercial real estate is not cheap. That we wanted to keep growing, and in order to do that, you know, you have to be open to partners, whether that be strategic partners, financial partners, all of the above. And so that's one of the ways that have obviously helped us grow is, you know, someone who wants to be involved, but may not have the the time or skill set to do so, but maybe have some money lying around to do so. But so that it, it was a big part of it. And also just not limiting ourselves. I think that, you know, I had this idea of it being such a, like a linear process. I kind of mentioned like, selling that 12 unit and then that will naturally go into like a 20 or 30 unit or something along those lines where you know even then I w- there were times where like maybe a deal would be slightly bigger than I was comfortable with and I would just kind of turn away from it whereas now I've come to realize and obviously it's an ongoing process too but now you know if a deal is bigger than me so to speak like that doesn't mean anything there's there's plenty of pieces of the pie to go around so to speak and Uh, That doesn't mean that there are other people that wouldn't be willing to help you do those things. So hopefully that answers, I guess, partially some of the the beliefs that we were stuck on. For sure. No doubt about it. I think all of us have limiting beliefs all the time, you know, but especially in the beginning, you just cannot see yourself doing something bigger than that single family home or that duplex. It's really hard to get past that. It was for me. And I even had people that I, that I trusted who were amazing entrepreneurs, you know, that would say, now, wait a minute, Whitney, you know, most people start with more single family homes. You know, most people don't typically jump into the syndication business that fast and, and without years of single family experience or things like that. Did you you receive advice like that and have to kind of say, say somehow, well, thank you, but this is what we're doing and, and still make it happen. Yeah. And just a lot of, I don't know, kind of explaining the thought process because on the surface, and I say this very blessed, you know, at 28 units, uh, that's more than, uh, than a lot of people will do, but we just desired for more and thought that we were capable of more. And so, so kind of just explaining that basically we're going to try and start over or start in a completely some in a new area that we really didn't know a ton about in order to try and reach an end goal that we could get there. So so yes, not luckily we try and surround ourselves with supportive people, but definitely you still have to kind of find yourself explaining why you're doing what looks like a negative step or you're setting yourself up to fall on your face kind of thing as well. So can you speak to just working together as a team with your spouse? You know, I know there's a lot of people who are 
maybe trying to get their spouse on board or trying to figure out, you know, how they can work together in this business. The audience knows my wife has just been an, um, just amazingly supportive uh, just through this entire process. Could not have done it without her. She's not, she's not passionate about real estate. However, she is passionate about supporting me and, and our mission, our why, you know, all those things uh, that she is very so passionate about. And so it couldn't have done it without her. Uh, that's for sure. You know, can you just speak to what that looked like as far as you all doing this together and how that, how that worked for you all? Yes. And I echo so much about my wife, what you just said about yours in that I'm very lucky that she was willing to, you know, I mean, we didn't have the nicest cars or the nicest houses that we could afford. And honestly, right now we're like, we're living in a rental right now because we decided we wanted to move to a new area. And all that requires basically buy-in from from your spouse to do those kinds of things. And so I'm very lucky that she can she had the diligence and the foresight to see what we were building towards. So uh, a lot of communication, which I was terrible at at the beginning. It was kind of a like, hey, I'm going to do this. And hey, wife, you're coming along, which is not a path that I would recommend in any way, shape or form. So but I think now that, you know, with a lot of open communication and praying and that essentially we're on the same page now. I mean, we're neither of us are in a W-2 anymore. So she was a teacher up until this school year. And then now she handles a lot of the bookkeeping and then also kind of just keeping me in check. I like to go, go, go. But I think that having someone that is a little bit more of a rational voice at times to bounce ideas off of and not to shoot me down, but to at least help me arrive at a, at a better conclusion, so to speak. So a lot of trial and error, but you know, just ultimately knowing that we do these things to hopefully at the end of it, like look back on a, on a lot of things like with our spouses and say, look at, look at this life that we built together. And so, so that's something that I'm really proud of her and us of, of where we're at now and just continue to, to work at too. When did you know that it was time for not only you, but you and her to leave your, your jobs, your, your, your positions, your jobs? Sure. So it's funny for at least the handful of years, I had always told her, like, if you feel called to like, you know, that you didn't want to teach anymore, that you wanted to stay home with our daughter, or like, you can do that. And we got so I actually ended up leaving my job before her to kind of focus on storage more uh, solely. And so I left in June of last year. And then she, I guess, officially left in end of last summer. Sorry, the dates are kind of weird with COVID cutting, or sorry, I guess she officially left this past summer, but they didn't really teach past March. But anyway, so it got to a point that I just felt we felt comfortable enough that the trajectory and that we picked up enough momentum that frankly, we were going to figure it out. And, you know, a lot of praying and then also figuring out that like, on some level, like if we fall on our face, like we, we felt confident that we could get other jobs and that we would find a way to scrape and make it work. So Eventually, you have to do it, right? Eventually, you just have to rip that Band-Aid off, really, and and, and know that you're going to make it happen. Uh, there's not an option to fail, right? And I think, honestly, I would have passed on a deal or two that if I still had my job that have reaped benefits for us just because there wasn't that same sense of urgency, or at least it felt like the same sense of urgency. And I don't mean like you know, an acquisition fee or anything like that, because we weren't syndicating, but just that, like, this is a good deal, like you need to do it. Whereas like, you know, you're still comfortable with your job. So eh, you you necessarily don't have to do it kind of thing. So why self storage over multifamily or any other asset class? Yeah, so I think for me, probably one of the 
biggest things is I felt at this, and again, this was kind of where we were at at the time that self-storage felt a little bit more like a business to me in that there's a lot more moving parts daily that I kind of wanted to be more involved. Whereas, and again, I'm simplifying, but with an apartment, you know, a lot of it, you get them filled up and somewhat you're just hoping that they stay there for a year and that it's not trashed. Again, I'm simplifying, but there's a lot to me, a lot more levers that you can pull with rental increases, administration fees, insurance, selling box and locks, boxes and locks. So to me, there was just a lot more moving parts with storage. And I think that 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 kind of just helped with some of the business background that I had and and just wanting to be more involved in the day-to-day, so to speak. So, Zach, what's been the hardest part of this process or for you to get to you know commercial real estate and be successful? Hardest part? I'll just go back to those limiting beliefs. I think that... And I'm not sitting here as someone that has like conquered that beast because we all still have those voices in the back of our heads that said like, well yeah, he can do this because he has more money or he has this partner or this partner. Like, You just have to be able to basically shut that out and determine that you're going to do something. So I would say kind of going over that hump, but it's still a continual process to get you to where you want to go. How do you prepare for a potential downturn? One of the things that I like about self-storage is it, it, it you know, even throughout this coronavirus in the last, I don't know, however many months it's been now, I guess seven, eight months, but is storage kind of has some resiliency and recessions as well is that, you know, when people are downsizing, kids lose their jobs, need to go back with mom and dad, they don't necessarily want to get rid of all their stuff because they're hoping to move out again on their own. So downsizing and a lot of businesses now more use self-storage as it's cheaper than going out and getting a full-on warehouse lease storage is typically month to month. So there's a lot of flexibility there as well too. And then the sad part is too, when there's just like life events like deaths and divorces often lead to people having stuff that they're not exactly sure what they're going to do with as well. So in good times, people end up buying more stuff like boats and RVs and honestly stuff that they may or may not need. But then in the bad times too, there is kind of this need to, you know, maybe you have some family heirlooms or things like that, that you want, want to store. So what do you predict to happen over the next you know, six to 12 months in the real estate market? Oh, man. I don't see rates going anywhere. And so I can't help but think that, that it's still just going to be extremely competitive. I think maybe more people are seeing that the stock market is harder and harder to truly, I don't know, justify basing your whole retirement on. So I, I still think there's just going to be more and more of a, of a flocking to commercial real estate. And, I, and so... With that, I don't, again, I, who knows, but I don't, I don't see this big inflation in prices. I, I still see cap rates staying pretty low. And, um, and honestly, just with shows like yourself and getting syndication after more, I think more and more people are just accustomed to the idea of putting $50,000 into a syndication instead of, you know, it just sitting in their checking account or putting it into um, some stocks. So, so I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure that I will be wrong on many or all levels of that. Well, that's one one thing's for sure that we'll all be wrong on some part of, of what we predict, right? But, uh, you know, I, I believe, Zach, anyone that's successful in business, especially real estate, has a high level of self-discipline. How have you gained such a high level of self-discipline? 
I think that how is a good question. I think that I'm uh, fairly ambitious. And so just making sure that I can channel those things into the into good things. So I, I'm a, I get up at 4.30, um, try and work out, read my Bible, and then kind of just spend some me time on what do I want to accomplish that day? You know, how can I help with my family? How can I help with the business? Um, so I think those kind of help me get the day started on a, on a good note. So Nice. No, I appreciate you elaborating there a little bit uh, as well. Uh, just uh, some of those daily habits uh, have helped me tremendously, but uh, you know, it wasn't always that way. So what's a way that you've recently improved your business that we could apply to our business? I think just literally trying to think of my business as a bigger business, even if it's not there yet, of thinking like, okay, Zach's business in five years, will he appreciate this decision on? And even if that's literally thinking like a franchise, so to speak, on certain things. So this is a minute detail, but with keypads and self-storage that, you know, you use a keypad to get in, it would be cheaper cheaper to not have the same keypad at each facility. But when it comes to training new people, is it a, is it, it's a heck of a lot easier to just say, this is the keypad that we have at every facility. So those are the kinds of things and decisions that I'm trying to continually to force myself to make because sometimes it's not easy to do those things. But I think that, that just doing that will reap benefits longer term as well. What's your best source for meeting new investors right now? Coming on podcasts is helpful. And then Bigger Pockets is still just going on and talking about storage or, or even non-storage things that I've learned over the years is a is a good portion of it. And honestly, thus far, most of you know my partners or investors have really just been people that I've known for a long time. Either I worked with when I had a W-2 or in some other, or even when I was in real estate doing residential stuff. So just maintaining good relationships, being a person of integrity and character and doing what you say you're going to do just goes a long way. What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? Probably optimism, honestly. Just being willing to, when you fall on your face, knowing that eventually you get up and you're not going to fall on your face is hard. So yeah, I think having a a good relationship with God and having a supportive wife and optimism are are three huge ingredients. How do you like to give back? Uh, Tithing with our church and honestly, just helping people figure out how real estate can help them, whether that's like literally buying a a house hack or just thinking bigger. I think that those two things are, are how we do. Awesome. Zach, I'm grateful to have met you. Just appreciate you being willing to be transparent and talk about your path to just success in commercial real estate and, and, and p- being willing to pivot. Like you said, leaning in, you know, leaning into something, working hard, you know, and not being willing to give up, uh, you know, even when you get knocked down, it's not if, but just when, but then also being willing to pivot, uh, you know, from that thought process or those limiting beliefs that you talked about. So just grateful for you sharing that. I mean, we just cannot hear that enough. It is such a, a hindrance to almost everyone at some point that's trying to get into this business or any business. So grateful for your time. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Yeah. Thanks again, Whitney. I I seriously appreciate it. I'm a big fan of the show. So yeah, Zach, Z-A-C-H at ZachQuick.com is my email address or it's not a very common name. So Zach Quick on LinkedIn or Bigger Pockets, and you'll find me. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. 
I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.